if we're about to have about meaning sometime later this year, a um, an unwind that is the largest we've seen in the post-World War II era and larger than anything we've had since the 1929 crash, then obviously capital preservation is a big statement. I mean, that's what people should be thinking about. Thanks for joining us for part two of our interview with macro contrarian analyst, David Hunter. If you haven't yet watched part one of our discussion with David, in which he gives an update on his prediction of a major melt up in asset prices to be soon followed by a shocking market crash of 80%, all to happen this year, head over to our channel at youtube.com slash Wealthion to watch it there first. It sets the context for the investment perspective that both David and our partners at New Harbor Financial share in this video. Oh, and if you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe to this channel by clicking on the red subscribe button below, as well as that little bell icon right next to it. And now here's part two of our interview with David Hunter. I think this last stage, you might see a pretty broad rally where a lot of things participate. Okay, so it sounds like the everything bubble, as many people call this, is going to end with everything going up. Um, but things that you see doing particularly well are, as you said, uh, uh, the tech, and especially the tech leaders like the Fangs, the major industrials, the opening up companies, um, and obviously the precious metals and the miners. Hey, one last question on the precious metals, because I now want to talk about the bust part. Um, a lot of people who are hearing from you and other commentators that the, the miners are looking particularly well positioned um, in, in the precious metals as well. Their kind of concern of buying in right now is, well, how are they going to do when the crash happens, right? Are, are they going to get dragged down with the rest of the markets? And is it better just to wait and buy in later? Um, it kind of sounds like what you're saying. I'll, I'll let you respond to that. But it kind of sounds like what you're saying is, is, while a lot of things may really be destroyed and depressed after the correction, it seems like whatever correction there's going to be in the metals and the miners, you see relatively short-lived uh, given their unique role. Is, is that true or am I putting false words in your mouth? Um, that's part of it for sure. You know, part of it is really the fact that they've been such laggards. Um, they're up. I mean, uh, you know, gold was 1460 in March of 2020 and it's now over 1900. So it's not like they haven't participated, but they haven't done nearly as well as the equity market um, or the junk market, for example, different areas. So they're laggards that are about to catch fire. And it's um, so they will get hit in the bus. My guess is in the bus, they'll come back to where they're just breaking out from here. So if gold, let's say, gets to 2,500, it could come back to 18, 1900. Um, that's, you know, that's uh, probably less than half, maybe that's 35, 40% pullback, you know, half of what the equity market will do in, in the bus. So, and, and you're coming back to where you are now. So part of the story is that they are laggards that are just beginning to have their day in the sun. And secondly, when the bust hits, they're gonna correct less than, for example, the equity markets. Um, silver probably is more volatile than gold uh, in the bust. So that could correct more than, than gold, but um, basically they're, they're gonna be relative performers in the bust I think they're going to be uh, significant outperformers before the bust. 
Okay, great. Well, let's let's now get into the tactical part of the crash element. And let me preface all this by saying that none of what David's mentioning here is personal financial advice to anybody. And as we say, you know, if you want to take action on any ideas you hear during this conference, we strongly recommend that you do that uh, under the supervision of a professional financial advisor. Um, but David, you know, it sounds like um, you know potentially a good strategy if you are going long. Uh, right now to catch, you know, capture some of this last remaining blow off top here, you know, maybe putting trailing stops in your positions might not be a bad idea if you're expecting that the market's going to roll over at some point in the next couple of months. You know, are, are there any other strategies that you think are, are worthwhile for today's regular investors to consider here? You know, I think most people watching this, well, I think they'd love to catch, you know, some of the upside you're talking about. They don't want to be guilty of kind of, you know, proverbially picking up nickels in front of the steamroller and putting themselves at risk of becoming collateral damage when, when such a big crash may happen. So uh, what are, again, what are some strategies you think are worthwhile that, that that type of investor consider in this market environment? Yeah, I'm gonna have to say, I, as a strategist and not a registered uh, investment advisor, I can't really talk specific strategies. What I can do is, is forecast what I think is going to come. And, and, I, and in a broad statement, just say that yes, if we're about to have, about meaning sometime later this year, a um, an unwind that is the largest we've seen in the post-World War II era and larger than anything we've had since the 1929 crash, then obviously capital preservation is a big statement. I mean, that's what people should be thinking about. Um, you know, everybody's got to figure out their own um, risk profile. So, um, you know, as I've said on Twitter several times, um, we're in a unique period where you can cover a lot of ground in just a couple months. Um, so to be able to say that we're maybe a couple months from a top, but 25% upside in the NASDAQ between now and that top seems contradictory. I mean, we don't usually see that kind of territory covered in that short of time. So those that are nimble probably can can play the upside. Those that are not so nimble, yes, we're looking at potentially an 80% decline in the stock market uh, and, and hits to most assets. The two assets that I say will stand up in the, in the bust or in the bear market are US treasuries and um, the US dollar. And then of course, you know, government guaranteed or um, insured savings accounts. So, you know, I think it's FDIC, FDIC insured. The likelihood, uh, the strong likelihood is that the government will fund the FDIC to whatever is necessary to cover any insurance liability. So, so as long as you're within the $250,000 threshold on savings uh, and it's an FDIC bank, um, you're probably safe there. Um, and U.S. Treasuries, Again, I expect the 10-year to go up to two and a half, the 30-year up to 3% before the bust. So I'm not saying you can't lose money in treasuries here, but in the bust, I expect the 10-year to drop to 0% and the 30-year down to something under a half, maybe a quarter percent as deflation takes hold and, and the you know people run to safety. So the treasuries will be one place that will hold up in the bust and the US dollar, which I'm calling for a dollar drop here from current 
89, 90 level down to probably 85 and maybe even down to 80 in the next few months. Um, in the bust, I expect that to turn around and head for 120, maybe higher. So again, the dollar, um, not straight from here, but during the bust will probably hold value and actually appreciate. So those are two things that will go opposite to every, every other asset um, and, and maybe places where you can preserve capital. Um, like I said, I can't, I can't advise what people do in, in periods like that. I can only tell you what I expect the assets to do. All right, I appreciate that, David, and that is super valuable insight. Um, and for folks watching, um, Mike and John from New Harbor and I, are we'll, we'll get into the details of their thoughts about how to construct a, a portfolio that can hedge against the, the type of risk uh, that we're talking about here. All right, David, we'll look in just a few couple of minutes we have left. Um, I, I wanna end on a positive note. And I recall from our previous uh, interview back in January, that despite your predictions of a, a really horrific market correction, um, assuming it actually does happen, if I remember correctly, you're pretty optimistic about the years following in terms of economic growth and just sort of the prospects of the economy and, and perhaps even the markets, you know, kind of you know, rebuilding themselves from there. Is that still true? That is still true. I, I um, often say what differentiates me, because I have one of the more bearish, if not the most bearish outlook for the next year um, on the street. But what differentiates me from some of the other gloom and doomers is some are saying we're down for the count. When we roll over from this bull market, it's over. And I'm not in that camp. I actually believe that we are this bust will probably be contained pretty much within 2022. And that from the other side, because of the ability to print money, when you're in deflation, which is what I'm calling for, the Fed has almost infinite ability and, and every central bank, almost infinite ability to, to put money out there. That is what saves us from being, you know, this being a depression that goes on for years. And that's why I call it a bust to differentiate it from a depression. So therefore, it's that massive fiscal and monetary stimulus. Many times what we've seen in the last uh, 15 months, you know, many times that I think is what we're gonna see in response to the bust. That will with a lag lead to a new cyclical bull market, not a secular bull market. So secular bull market would mean you go on to even new higher highs than we see this year. Um, a cyclical bull market means you can have a few years where it goes up but it'll stay below the high levels of this year. So, you know, we're, we're if I'm talking about 4,700 on the S&P as a top, um, maybe you come out of an 80% bear market and you triple. Well, an 80% bear market uh, would take you down below 1,000. You could triple, be at 3,000 and still be way, well below the highs we reached this year. So that's what a cyclical bull market means is from the bottom, you can have a lot of gains, but not necessarily get back to the, the previous highs and maybe not get close to the previous highs. Um, that's important for those that are in index funds because you're, you know, if you're in an index fund that you bought at 4,500 and you write it down to 1,000 and then it only gets back up to 3,000, you're never gonna see that 4,500 again, or at least not for a long time. If, you're, if your portfolio is in selected groups or stocks, um, the next cycle is gonna be different leadership 
and I expect commodity stocks to go on to major new highs. I mean, many times the highs we see this year. So, so certain groups, industrials and commodities in particular, including energy, I think have a very um, big upside in the next cycle, in what, you know, the cycle that follows the bust. It will be a, what I call an inflation-driven, inflation-industrial-driven uh, in, cycle, unlike what we've had for the last 40 years. In the last 40 years, it's been a consumer-driven cycle. Each of the recovery cycles have been mostly driven by consumers, consumers 70% of the economy. Going forward, we're going to see an economy more like the 1970s, where in industrials and commodity producers do extremely well. So that means those that kind of buy, let's say the S&P index, that's going to be loaded up with all the old leaders. They'll, you know, they'll fangs, underperform, yeah. And they'll underperform. So, so it's going to mean for people, you're going to have to be more tactical. You're going to have to think about it and not just uh, you know, not just buy and hold and say, I'm in an index fund because indexes always do well. Uh, I think the next cycle, because of inflation, is going to be a very different story. All right. Well, David, I, I hate to end it there, but we're going to have to time-wise, but uh, super insight-rich, uh, super fascinating. Thank you for sharing all that uh, outlook and, and perspective and predictions with us. And if things follow the arc in which you are predicting, I definitely want to have you back on uh, during the bus to kind of give us the play-by-play -play of how you see it uh, unfolding, but also we can hopefully talk to you specifically then about uh, you know getting even more picks on on where you think the opportunity is going to lie coming out of the bust in particular you know sectors and, and uh, industries. You've already done a good job here, but but I presume the closer we get to that, the more uh, you know zeroed in you're going to get on on what looks most attractive. Um, so David, for folks that want to learn more and uh, about you and your work and follow you in between now and then, where should they go? I'm sure they can. Typically, I hang out on Twitter, so they can go to at Dave H Contrarian uh, is my uh, Twitter handle. And I also put out a quarterly investment letter. Um, it's by subscription, but if anybody's interested, you know, there, there is a cost to it, but if anybody's interested, um, you can just direct message me on Twitter and I'll get right back to you uh, in terms of the details. Um, and uh, I apologize um, for uh, these kind of markets where they're moving up and they're moving down. And I know it gets confusing, um, it, it, we're just in that point in the cycle where there's going to be a lot of volatility. Right. Well, and that's exactly why we need expert perspective to be able to kind of guide us through these incredibly confusing times. So, David, thank you so much for sharing yours. And we look forward to having you back on the program soon. OK, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, I will now be talking with the lead partners at New Harbor Financial, the financial advisory firm endorsed by Wealthion. Um, reacting to David's uh, excellent and incredibly bold predictions there. Um, all right, John and Mike, um, really curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, you know, David predicts uh, a huge melt-up followed by a huge, likely 80-plus percent market correction all this year in the coming months. Um, he sees that gold and silver are positioned to do really well. He says that he thinks tech is going to do well in this melt-up, um, led by the fangs again. Um, he thinks the industrials are going to do well, all the sort of opening up, uh, the economy opening up types of businesses, airlines, uh, railways, et cetera, um, during the, this remaining gasp of the, 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 the melt up. And then, of course, 
we potentially have a massive stock market crash. So uh, John, let's start with you. What do you take away from David's courageous predictions? Yeah, I mean, his, his uh, uh, projections are certainly um, um, specific and time bound and, and uh, you know, we'll see how eerily, eerily precise or not they are, but- um, That's a big our, risk to take. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and you know, he's got a long, long tr um, tenure in this industry. So he's definitely got plenty of perspective and experience to, to, to back up some degree of, of bold call making. Um, you know, our approach or our, our, our role as, as financial advisors to individuals and families, um, you know, we're not in the business of prognosticating um, specific targets because um, that frankly misses the point for most people. You know, uh, most people don't and shouldn't think of their investment plan, their financial plan as, you know, making sure every basis point of, of upside in a market and, uh, you know, because it, what really matters to most people or should is that they have financially secure lives. Uh, and in that regard, um, we, we need to kind of really emphasize what's at stake for clients. You know, if, if you take, um, you know, David's, um, um, you know, uh, projections at face value, you know, basically as of like a week ago, his, his target for the S&P 500 was about 11% higher. It's actually a little lower than that now or, uh, given the market's been up a little bit since then. But if, if, if someone were to want to gamble and, and, and kind of stay in the market fully invested with, with the expectation of that upside target uh, being realized, uh, and then happen to sit through the 80% decline that David is projecting, that would be a round trip return of negative 78%. You know, effectively, any upside from here would likely just be absolutely dwarfed by any material materialization of David's downside target, you know the idea of picking up um, pennies in front of a steam steamroller really is a good visual. Even if we assume there's there's tremendous upside from current levels, which almost no one can make that case, right? But let's just play with some numbers here. If we assume that the market had 80% upside from this current level, but then suffered an 80% decline, because of the way compound math works you know, an 80% move higher from current levels followed by an 80% decline would still be a round trip a return of negative 64%. All to say is that, you know, all well and good to think about a melt-up scenario, but what it means for most people is you better be darn precise on the timing of getting out because the, the sell-off that many strategists, David himself including, included, uh, are projecting would likely go way more to wipe out any any benefit of being uh, in the in a melt up phase if, if one would were occur from these levels. I uh, very wisely said there, John. I think a lot of people don't intuitively understand that math. Um, and so, uh, while David does think the markets could go, you know, materially higher here in the next month or two. Um, you know, I, I think your pennies in front of the steamroller analogy is an appropriate one. And I think people need to be planning much more for the potential of an 80% market correction uh, than they do trying to pick up a few more gains, you know, in, in the next couple of months here. Because again, folks, you know, nobody has a crystal ball here. Maybe the correction arrives, maybe it doesn't. Maybe the melt-up happens, maybe it doesn't. But if there is, in your mind, after listening to David, uh, a credible potential of a correction uh, of that magnitude coming this year, that really, I think, needs to be on most prudent investors' top priority list, which is how do I make sure that my wealth doesn't get destroyed 
during you know a correction of that magnitude. Um, Mike, I just want to talk to you real briefly again. Anything you want to add to what John said? But um, one of the reasons why Wealthion has struck this relationship with you guys at New Harbor is because of your expertise in risk management. And I, I got to imagine hearing a guy like David, um, you know, who's uh, had a fair amount of success and a, and a good like, long track record as a market uh, forecaster. Um, hearing the potential for a, a, an 80% market correction in the next couple of months, that's really got to set your warning bells off, um, but also put your your gears, uh, mental gears in place of, okay, this is how we're going to try to protect against something like that. So if you can please in your answer, sort of just talk to your guys' current um, risk mitigation strategy for that type of correction, I think folks would be really interested in hearing it. Sure, Adam, thank you. Yeah, the, the key part of David Hunter's prediction that's that's very dangerous for everybody is the minus 80% part. Heck, even if the market drops 50%, it's going to wipe out a lot of people. You know, the market here is at about 4,200 on the S&P. Even if the market went up to five or six or 7,000 and only lost, only lost 50%, you know, if it went to 7,000 and then lost 50%, that would bring it back to 3,500 which is a good, you know, almost 20% down from here. Very few people will get out anywhere near the top if we have that kind of parabolic move even higher from here. It's just the parabolic moves have historically shown to be more uh, like needlepoint moves. They reverse quickly and they reverse so quickly that it feels like, well, it's silly to get out now after a 50, you know, after a quick 20% drop, I'll just wait till it gets back to where it was, then I'll sell. Well, that never happens. Guaranteed, most people will get trapped in that type of scenario. And it's the minus 50 to minus 80% drop that will wipe people out. You know, I, just looking at the numbers, I mean, we could go to 10,000 on the S&P and then lose 80%. That would bring us down to 2,000, which is over 50% lower from here. So that kind of volatility, that type of crushing loss will just be devastating no matter how high we go. And, you know, that's, it's sad that that's the world we're living in. That's the kind of world that central banking has created. In the end, everyone gets hurt. And in, in terms of how we're navigating and we're choosing to, to, to not try to, to pick the top by keeping a heavy cash buffer. And so we're happy to plot along slowly with, you know, small, you know, positive returns. But in exchange for that, we don't want to have much downside capture. And we don't. We don't have much downside capture. Last year, when the market was down over 30%, we were roughly flat, maybe even up a percent. You know, we're, we're proud of that. And we, we, we hope to do that, that type of thing again. It's difficult because central banking policy is just focused on getting everyone psychologically, um, you know, very uncomfortable. People have FOMO, they want to get in. That's what causes these types of parabolic tops. So in the, the last, so, so our strategy is basically to not try to call the top. We don't think anyone can. And even if you can stay in and have some higher, uh, have some gains from here, most people are gonna get really wiped out on the backside. Furthermore, the really dangerous thing is gonna be trying to pick a bottom on the backside. We've been so conditioned to buy the dip hundreds and hundreds of times now over the last well, 10 to 12 years, every single dip has been reversed almost vertically by central bank policy. It's gonna feel like the right thing to do it again. And you could easily lose a lot more by, by adding more and more and more every time the market dips and then fails to bounce than you would otherwise just kind of staying in for the whole ride. 
So our strategy at New Harbor, I think is pretty unique in that we use options to layer into a market that's declining, you know, and usually a market that is just declining has increasing volatility. And it allows us to sell options into that volatility and give us a, a more balanced and hedged way to enter. We don't know when the ultimate bottom will be, but I can tell you that we'll be earning premium along the way and increasing exposure as the market drops. I think it's the strategy that 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 almost more than any other will be best suited to handle the market like that. So that's our plan. All right, Mike, thanks so much for for laying that out. And so the the main point I want to make for folks here is um, whether this is the first Wealthham video you've watched or it's the 20th, um, you know, if the risks that David were talking about resonated with you and you think that there is a material enough probability of a correction of the size that, that he's predicting here um, in the very near future, um, you, you really do, like now is the time to take action, right? Uh, this is one of those things where it's better to be months early, even a year early than a day late um, if there's this type of correction coming up here. Um, people I think have already largely forgotten the losses they briefly took last year um, when the market swooned in, uh, in, in late February, early March. Um, and I can tell you, you know, Mike mentioned there was a period there where the general markets were down 35%, New Harbor was up by 1%. There were so many people knocking on our door asking if they could, you know, get into the New Harbor portfolio, but kicking themselves that they had delayed um, and had lost a third of their portfolio in the matter of just a couple of days in the market. So um, this is the type of thing that if you think a magnitude of a drop of this level could potentially happen, you really need to come up with your strategy for it now. So again, highly recommend you work with a professional financial advisor to guide you in this. If you've already got a good one, fantastic, stick with them. Um, just make sure that they're aware of the risks that David talked about. If you don't have a good one or having trouble finding one, talk to Mike and John and the team at New Harbor. As I mentioned every week on these programs, they do this for free with no strings attached. They are happy to give a financial consultation to anybody watching this video who wants to figure out um, if they could be better positioned than they are today for what might be coming here that David's talking about. So if I sound like I'm sort of pounding on the table here, it's just that if David turns out to be co correct, and who knows, time will tell, but if he does, it's the steps you take today that are gonna determine how well you fare uh, in that eventuality. All right, John and Mike, thanks so much for joining me again this week, guys. Uh, again, what a great presentation from David Hunter there. Um, now, folks watching, uh, we also have a live Q&A from the conference with Dave, and I'm gonna tell you how to get your hands on that for free too. I hope you've enjoyed this thought-provoking interview with macro contrarian analyst, David Hunter. As we wrap up here, folks, I'd just like to direct your attention to two valuable free resources. The first is the free consultations offered by John and Mike and the team at New Harbor. If David's predictions turn out to be correct, there is very little remaining time left to get prepared. You need to use that time wisely. So if you aren't already working with a good professional financial advisor who at least understands the concerns that David is voicing here, then take 20 seconds right now and fill out the short form over at Wealthion.com and schedule a portfolio review. It's free, there are no obligations involved, and you'll get answers specific to your unique personal financial situation, needs, and goals. Okay, and as for valuable resource number two, at our conference, David was gracious enough to field 20 minutes of audience Q&A after making this presentation. 
Hearing him defend and expand upon the bold predictions that he makes really clarifies and drives home the logic underlying them. So to watch a free video of David's Q&A session, just go over to Wealthion.com slash Hunter. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to schedule a consultation with one of the financial advisors at New Harbor Financial, simply go to Wealthion.com. These consultations are completely free and there are no strings attached. The good folks at New Harbor will simply answer any questions you have about your investment goals or your portfolio and give you their best advice given their latest market outlook. They're willing to do this because they care about protecting people's wealth. And because Wealthion has connected them with so many thoughtful investors just like you over the past decade. We started doing this because so many people have approached us in frustration, looking for a solution because they're feeling out of alignment or downright ridiculed by the standard financial advisors who have been managing their money. You know the type. The kind that just pushes all of your money into the market, scoffs at the idea of owning gold, and when you bring up concerns about the market's sky-high valuations, they say, don't worry, the market will always take care of you. For many of the reasons discussed in today's video, we think this is one of the most challenging and treacherous times in history for investing. We strongly believe that today's investors are best served working in partnership with a conscientious professional financial advisor who understands the risks in play. Now, we're agnostic which professional advisor you work with, as long as they're good. If you're already working with one, that's fantastic. Stick with them. But if you don't, or are having trouble finding one you respect or trust, then consider talking to John and Mike and the team at New Harbor. Now, for those about to ask, yes, there's a business relationship between Wealthion and New Harbor, which we've put in place to make sure everything is handled according to SEC regulations. All the details on this are clearly provided on the Wealthion.com website. Also, it's important to note that New Harbor is able to work with U.S. citizens, green card holders, and those with existing assets in the USA. But for regulatory reasons, they aren't able to take on non-U.S. clients. All right, with all that said, if you'd like some insight and guidance on how to protect your wealth during this unprecedented time in the markets, go to Wealthion.com to schedule your free consultation with the good folks at New Harbor. Thanks for watching. Thank you.